Hello, we are reading in the writings of Rabash, part one, we're in the article, what is a half a shekel in the work, one, we are in a paragraph beginning in, instead, when one engages in Torah and mitzvot. You can find the study material on our sites, and you can send live questions to our sites. Whoever asks a question here in the study hall is asked to hold the microphone close to his mouth, Stand up and speak loud and clear. The Writings of Rabash, Volume 1, the article, What is Half a Shekel in the Work 1? We are midway through the article in the paragraph beginning, Instead, when one engages in Torah and Mitzvot. When one engages in Torah and Mitzvot, he should believe above reason that what he has is very important and that he is unworthy of more but should be content with little and be happy with his lot. That despite the small amount that he has given him, he has a grip on spirituality, meaning small in quality and small in quantity. From everything, a person should be happy, meaning with any extent of grip on spirituality that he may have. He believes that he has been given this from above, that this too is not my strength and the might of my hand. Naturally, he can adhere to the Creator to the extent called the Blessed clings to the Blessed. This is the meaning of what our sages said, that the Shekhinah is present only through the joy of mitzvah. As it was said, and now, Take me a musician, and he was as a playing musician, and the hand of the Lord shall be upon him. Rabbi Yehuda said, so it is with words of the law. That is, the matter of dvikut, adhesion, must be equivalence of form. It follows that when a person feels that he is cursed, there is no place for dvikut. We should interpret why Rabbi Uda said, so it is with the words of the law. It is known that halacha, law, is called hachala, the bride, which pertains to the acceptance of the kingdom of heaven. That is, the acceptance of the kingdom of heaven, which is above reason, is called the joy of mitzvah. And there is a higher degree called the instilling of the Shekhinah. And it all comes through joy. Otherwise, it turns out that it is specifically the blessed who cling to the blessed. 
But if he feels that he is cursed, he cannot cling to the blessed. Naturally, in that state, he remains lifeless. And therefore follows that when we say, Blessed are you, O Lord, who hears a prayer, it means that we are thanking the Creator for hearing the prayer. But when a person is deficient, or otherwise, he has no room for prayer. He is in a state of cursed. Thus, how can he have dvikut with the Creator during the prayer? Moreover, if he is deficient, what is he thanking him for? The answer to this is that by believing that he hears the prayer, we already have joy because he will certainly save us. It follows, he already has joy about the prayer. For even when he is confident, he must work above reason that the Creator will help him. And he will be able to immediately be rewarded with dvekut, since the confidence itself gives him wholeness and he is already called blessed. And as said above, the blessed cling to the blessed. However, precisely, when a person asks the Creator to bring him closer, the evil inclination comes and lets him understand that the Creator is not hearing his prayer. It does not let him trust in the Creator's help and brings him several proofs and says, Look back and see how many times you have already prayed and thought that the Creator was helping you, only to later remain bare and destitute. This happens to you every time. And each time you say, now the Creator is certainly hearing me, and I will be permanently adhered to spirituality. You tell me what happens afterwards. You fell again into a place of loneliness and sank into greater self-love than before you prayed. Therefore, why are you now so sure that now the Creator will hear you that you are already so thankful to the Creator that you say, Blessed are you, O Lord, who hears a prayer. What can a person reply to the body when it brings him evidence from the past? 
that his prayer has was not granted. Based on what does a person want to tell it that this is not so, but that I believe above reason that now I am certain that the Creator will answer my prayer. The answer is that since the whole foundation is built on above reason, and man must observe this mitzvah, therefore, the evidence from the past that you are bringing me, that my prayer was not granted, and this is why there is no reason to trust in the Creator that my prayer will be accepted. This time, you bring me evidence from the past in order to weaken my power of faith. But I'm telling you that specifically now, I can say that I believe and trust above reason. Because you bring evidence only from within reason. And I thank you very much for the questions you are asking me and for the proofs. For you are giving me a place on which to build the above reason. Therefore, now I am continuing with great joy for the opportunity to observe the mitzvah of faith and confidence above reason. It therefore follows that from the same place where the body comes to weaken him, from the joy that he has from the prayer, and his confidence that the Creator will now answer his prayer, a person needs to bring the power for faith above reason. That is, on the place of reason, there is now an opportunity to place the above reason. And if the reason did not bring him the opposite, how could he say that he is going above it? Therefore, a person must always say that each time he is given descents from above so as to have room to go above reason. So that in, in any case, the body cannot weaken the faith and confidence that he has during the prayer when the body resists his thinking, his thanking of the Creator and saying, Blessed are you, O Lord, who hears a prayer. The body argues, How do you know that the Creator will answer your prayer that you are thanking him. It cannot be said that he is thankful to the Creator for answering others. He thanks him for this and says to him, Blessed are you. 
When a person normally blesses for what he has obtained by himself and not that he is thankful for others, and in general, how does one know what is in the heart of his friend? Rather, a person thanks the Creator for himself. And he also says to the body, thank you for coming to me with correct arguments. Since now, I have room to work above reason. This is called the right line, wholeness. And this is the main road on which a person must walk. From here, a person draws vitality. For then, he is on the degree of blessed. This is called the blessed clings to the blessed. However, a person cannot walk on one leg, called right leg, which is wholeness. He also needs another leg, which is the left leg. Left means something that requires correction, where there is a deficiency that needs to be corrected. It is as our sages said, our sages said, the left should always reject and the right brings closer. We should interpret this according to our way, that right is when he works in a way of the right brings closer, meaning that it brings him closer to Kedusha. He looks and sees how he is close to spirituality, and with every portion, when he sees that he is close to Kedushah, even if by a tiny grip, he is happy and thanks the Creator for it and does not look at the negative. The left rejects is when he is walking on the left leg. At that time, he is looking only at the rejections, meaning how much he is rejected and removed from Kedusha in both quantity and quality. This means that these two ways are completely opposite to one another, from one end to the other. For this reason, right is called chesed, as it is known that the right line is mercy, and it is also called day, as it is written, in the day the Lord commands his mercy. The thing is that one who walks on the right looks only at the mercy that the Creator is doing with everyone and how he himself is receiving mercy from the Creator. He thanks the Creator for all the receptions of mercy and naturally lives in a day that is all good. 
For when he feels the mercies that the Creator is doing with him, he rejoices and has something for which to thank the Creator. However, when he wants to walk on the left leg too, concerning the left, we learned that the left rejects. This means that when he criticizes his actions, if something requires correction, this is the time to see only rejections. Meaning, how he is repelled from spirituality. And all his thoughts, words, and actions are immersed in self-love. He does not see any possibility that he will be able to exit the body's control, which controls him with all its might. Moreover, as soon as he begins to think that it is not worthwhile to remain in a state of reception, the body promptly comes to him with stronger arguments than the body usually said when he did not want to obey it, but wanted to work in order to bestow. Since now the body has become shrewder and asks more poignant questions. He asks himself, how come before I started to work harder and with greater effort in the holy work, the body was not that clever? And now that I have begun to do the holy work, I understood that the good side of a person should be smarter and more clever and more energetic because I have engaged in the holy work. According to the rule, a mitzvah induces a mitzvah. I understood that the body grows weaker. That is, the arguments it had thus far ceased, and it had no strength to argue, because the Kedusha was strengthened by the good deeds that I was doing all the time in holy work. But now I see the opposite. The body has become smarter and presents stronger and more sensible arguments. But what despairs him most is that it says it would be better for him to stop this work called working in order to bestow and be like the rest of the people without looking to be extraordinary, meaning to return to the normal state. That is, it is enough for us to observe Torah and mitzvot without intentions. And we need to give all our energy to observing Torah and mitzvot more meticulously. 
Since this is easier than the aim to bestow. Especially, I see that compared to those who want to be extraordinary, ordinary people engage more meticulously with Torah and mitzvot than other people. And this award this awards them titles. One is called Righteous, another is called Hasid, a pious man, and another is called a very important person. So why should he walk into the path of for the Creator instead for his own benefit? In that state, a person needs great mercy in order to escape to, in order not to escape the campaign. One has no way out of this situation unless through faith above reason. And to say that the body has now become very clever because it is given from above a sensation of what it, what reason is, so it will now be possible for him to go above reason. Reason means reason that comes from an external mind. Externality is the original will to receive in which there is no bestowal. The inner reason is reason that dresses in the inner vessels, which is bina, whose origin is bestowal and who has no reception in her whatsoever. For this reason, the external mind does not understand that there is a reality of a desire to bestow. Hence, when a person awakens to do something in order to bestow, it immensely stands against him like an experienced warrior and begins to subdue a person with a great craftiness. Do not be surprised, since the verse says that the evil inclination is called an old and foolish king. So why do we say that he is clever? We should ask a different question about this. How can it be said that an angel who is spiritual is a fool? As it is written in the Zohar about the verse, for he will command his angels to you to guard you in all your ways. It interprets his angels to mean two angels, the good inclination and the evil inclination. If the evil inclination is called an angel, how can it be a fool? We must interpret that an angel is named after the action. As it is written, and the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why do you ask for my name? 
for it is wondrous. This means that the name of the angel changes according to the mission it was sent to do. Follows that the action determines its name. Accordingly, we should say that the evil inclination is called a fool because it tries to make man do foolish things and they make people fools with great cleverness. Therefore, when a person begins to overcome and does not want to listen to it, it must show the person more cleverly that it is right. And when a person overcomes the arguments of the evil inclination, the evil inclination must come to him with clever, with even clever arguments, so that one cannot defeat if unless through faith above reason. And to say that reason is meaningless and that he is going above reason. However, if a person overcomes the external reason, which is making just arguments, he gains that each time his faith grows, grows to a higher degree than what he had prior to the coming of the evil inclination with its reasoning that it is not worthwhile to exit self-love. Because the reason of the evil inclination grows each time, one has no other choice if he wants to remain in Kedusha, but to draw upon himself greater faith that is, each time he becomes more needy of the Creator to help him be saved from his evil, this means that one should I'm sorry, this means that one should not pray that the foreign thoughts will die but that they will repent. This is done specifically by receiving help from above in the form of faith above reason. It follows that he is not asking the Creator that the thoughts will die. So he will not have to overcome the thoughts. But rather to settle for the faith he has in the Creator. That to the extent of the faith that he has before the evil inclination came with its correct arguments and which could not be answered without the help of the Creator, he receives the strength to go above reason. But one who is not walking on the path of truth, whose work is based entirely on a foundation of mind and heart, asks the Creator to take these thoughts away, away from him, so they will not disrupt his work.
It follows that he remains in his degree and cannot advance, since he has no need to advance. Instead, he wants to remain in the current state permanently. This is all he expects. And he has no need for greatness. Although he wants higher degrees than the rest of the people, meaning if he is a wise disciple and knows that there are people who are not nearly at his level, and of course he wants to be at work at the top of for this reason he wants to rise to a higher level than where he feels he is right now however this is all in excess it is not necessity one who prays for surplus his prayer cannot be from the bottom of the heart because he knows that his situation is not so bad, he sees that there are people who are worse than he, and he needs it only as a surplus. The rule is that there is no light without a kli. The kli means a lack of and a need that he must satisfy. Surplus, however, is not regarded as a lack in spirituality. And for this reason, a person stays where he is and cannot move at all. However, it is not so for one who wishes to walk on the path of truth, who wants to work in mind and heart. When the body comes to him and begins to attack him over why he wants to veer off from the common way that everyone works in order to bestow. And after each time he overcomes it, it comes to him with stronger arguments in that state he does not ask the Creator to take away its arguments, but rather asks the Creator to repent on all those arguments that the wicked one is presenting meaning that the Creator will give him the strength to go above reason. It follows that if that his asking the Creator to give him more strength is not because of surplus, but simply that he wants to be a Jew who believes in the Creator. And it brings him thoughts that slander the path of the Creator and everything related to Kedusha. That is, whenever he wants to do something in order to bestow, it immediately comes to him with the arguments of the wicked who mock the servants of the Creator. As it is written, 
not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For why should the nations say, Therefore, the reason that each time he wants greater powers from above is necessity. He's asking for help to be saved from death, to enter life, for the wicked in their lives are called dead. And since it wants to put him in the camp of the wicked with its arguments, it follows that he is not asking the Creator the Creator's help, so he will give him luxuries. But simply for his soul, so he will not be wicked. It follows, therefore, that a person always benefits from the questions of the wicked by giving him a need to ask the Creator to grant his heart's wishes favorably, meaning to be good and not bad. Such a prayer is called a prayer from the bottom of the heart. It is received above immediately, since it is regarded as a a prayer of the poor, as it is written in the Zohar about the verse, a prayer for the poor when he is weak, where it says that the prayer of the poor delays all the prayers since its prayer is received before all other prayers. The reason is that to him this is not a luxury, but he simply wants to, to live and not be as one who has who is dead. For the wicked in their lives are called dead. This is the meaning of what is written, the Lord is near to all who call upon him in truth. We should interpret that the Lord is near to save those who seek, who want to walk on the path of truth called for the sake of the Creator. When they see that they cannot overcome self-love and work in order to bestow and ask the Creator to help them overcome the body, that is, they ask the Creator for only one thing, to be able to do something for the Creator, to be able to say wholeheartedly, Blessed is our God who has created us for His glory and not for the sake of the body. Now we can understand what our sages said. There are three partners in a person, the Creator, His Father, and His Mother. His Father gives the white. White is called the right line, which is regarded as white meaning that there is no stain or flaw there, but only wholeness. 
However, as said above, the wholeness is from the perspective of importance. That is, he sees that he is has faults, but how does he know that he has faults? This comes from his mother, who is called left line, meaning that she is in the form of the left rejects, which is regarded as nukva, female, a deficiency. When he examines his spiritual state, he sees that he does not have all the desirable intentions meaning that they will all be in order to bestow. Rather, he sees how he is immersed in self-love. Moreover, he sees that it is impossible for a person to come out of his control, of this control, but only the Creator can deliver him from exile, as it was in the redemption of from Egypt. It is written about it, I the Lord, and our sages explained, I am not a messenger. That is, only the Creator can deliver the enslavement of self-love called the land of Egypt. For Eretz, land, comes from the Hebrew word ratzon, desire. In other words, the will to receive wants only to restrain the Kedusha, and this is called the land of Egypt. For this reason, once he has started with the right line, which is holiness, which is wholeness, and he should certainly thank the, and praise the king for giving him wholeness and the importance. As it is written, therefore we must thank you and praise and be grateful to your name. Happy are we, how fortunate we are. We are happy when we rise and in the evening in synagogues and in seminaries. Afterward, we move to the left line called deficiency, meaning it is called mother, female, who indicates lacks. Meaning, the real measure of his rejection from the desire to bestow, that is, he sees how each time he wants to place the intention to bestow on the act. The body repels him and he cannot overcome it. In that state, there is room for prayer to the Creator to help him overcome. Subsequently, he returns to the right line and says that he has wholeness and a great privilege, at least with regard to actions. Although this service he is doing for the king is out of an intention for self-love, called Lolishma. This service is still very important to him, because whatever the case may be, he is serving the king in his actions.
And since the king is important to him, he can be happy with the small grip that he has on Kedusha. Follows that through the left line, he now receives a way to overcome in the right. And to say that he is happy that he can appreciate the little grip he has on Kedusha. That is, before he came to the left line, he thought that he really did have wholeness. But it was incomplete wholeness. Therefore, naturally, I have something for which to praise the king. But now that the left line has let him see that he is remote from wholeness, it follows that now he should be ba- be sad and not happy. Still, he braces himself and says, since the king is very important, therefore, although I have only a small grip on spirituality, it is still important to me. It therefore follows that the left line always causes him to observe the greatness and importance of the Creator, or he will have nothing with which to praise the King. For there is nothing more important in spirituality than to have something for which to be thankful. Hence, the right line causes the left line to grow bigger in him each time. And the left line forces the right line to grow. And by this, the lines grow when they come to a certain measure that it is clear that these two lines are opposite from one another. Uh, for this gives the soul, and then he emerges from exile. This is called, he who comes to purify is aided. As in the words of the Zohar, that he is given a soul, and this is the help he receives from the Creator. Thank you to the reader. Very beautiful article. There's a third part, yeah? I don't think there are any questions, right? Rav, the article is really filled with feelings, joy, confidence, fear, actions with these feelings. If it happens like this, you have to do like that. There's, I'm not certain that I 
I'm reading correctly with my heart these things. How do I connect to every feeling that he's describing here? I'm not sure I, when he says joy, that I have some kind of note inside of me or not. Go over it a few more times at home. All, uh, every opportunity, read it again and again and see. The article in and of itself is not complicated. Rather, we just need to connect to it. That's exactly what we did. We read it yesterday in the 10, we're reading it also yesterday in the lesson. And, and really, each time we're reading, it's like there's like something, someone else is hearing these articles. And every word there is kind of like evoking different feelings. It's like it's, uh, it's, plucking on something inside, it's playing inside. Yes. How to know that it's playing the correct melody in me? When you are connected to Rabash, who wrote it, and to the creator, and to the group, and through all those things that you're reading you we wanted to connect to your inner system you are praying that's a prayer an effect and you expect it to happen how do I find the connection to the group if it's kind of like very internal inside of me like it's like these feelings it's hard for me like where's the group there the group is there, inside, truly, in the center of the article, because you can't connect correctly to the upper force unless you first connect to the group. And if this comes and go, I feel them a little, and I feel okay with the article, and then the next, another paragraph, I'm a little lost, and then I come back again, and... Is that the correct way of reading? Yes, yes. I'm also filled with impression from this article, but altogether, but Rabash each time adds some other layer, some other something. And here he says something interesting. He says he shouldn't say that he is giving thanks to the Creator for something that he answers to others. For that, he gives him thanks and he says, Blessed are you, for usually a person is talking about what he attained himself and not that he's giving thanks for others. That's interesting because we always, first of all, it's clear what he's saying, that you don't know what the friend attained or not. You can't thank for that. But nevertheless, we look and we bless for others. We do we, when we're working in the tent. And let's say we see that a friend is now filled with excitement and upliftment, so we adhere to him, and we're happy with him, and it awakens you as well. So there is something to be thankful for others. Why does he specifically define this emphasis here? Why a person can give 
thanks to the Creator if he feels that the Creator is helping others. Also, he says, if I understood correctly, that uh, that is not a reason. If you can read it, uh, one should not say that he's giving thanks. The short, short paragraph here. He's giving us the place in Hebrew. We're trying to read this paragraph. One should not say that he is giving thanks to the Creator for something that he answers to others. For that he gives him thanks and says, Blessed are you. Usually a person talks about what a person attained himself, and not that he is giving thanks for others. And altogether, how does he know what's in the heart of one's friend? But the, a person gives thanks to the Creator and says to the body too, thank you for what you're coming to me with righteous, just uh, claims, and I should be working above reason. This is called right line, wholeness, and this is the main road on which a person must walk. From here, a person draws vitality. For then he is on the degree of blessed. This is called the blessed clings to the blessed. So the emphasis he puts here is clear, meaning only if you yourself attain the blessing, and you can then bless that you receive the left in order to go above reason, only that is wholeness. But why, when you see it on others, it's not a blessing? Why is that not considered a blessing? It's not you. You don't, you don't feel that you're in it. Correct, but all our work is in a tent. Again, I'll give an example. When you see a friend that's excited right now, you're in some lowly place, and you see that a friend is now full and brings spirit, and he does something, and he cooks for the group, and he does something. You adhere to him, and you say, oh, how wonderful. And that kind of you know, propels you upwards. And not just me, but everyone. So why is that not considered right? but only when you yourself attain. Yes, it's called the right, and you attain it. Why not? Because he says that one should not say that he's thanking the Creator for answering to others. That's why I'm asking. So, what do you... All think. Ken. I think that if a person manages to rise above by seeing in the friends, then he rises above and then he can also bless the Creator. The matter of the blessing is that he really feels in his heart that feeling, whether it came from himself or the bestowal of the friends upon him, meaning knowing how to use the friends in order to rise above himself. But the thanks he has to feel from his heart that he feels that nearness to the greater. Who else thinks like this? 
a state where we're in the ten and there are friends that are happy and even if I'm in lowliness and without high spirits and sometimes they even don't bless but the greatness that the friends give I'm incorporated in that and then I too begin to feel the greatness and joy and then I can come with a blessing from me what? Nice. To the extent in which a person yearns to hold on to the right, he can say about everything that awakens in him from his reason or from fear that he sees outside of him, he could say that that's his friend, that that's going to serve him to strengthen even more on the right by that. According to what I understand, a person says that he's either blessed or he's uh, condemned. Uh, and they're cursed. He uh, can't say when he says that he's blessed, it's like above reason. That's the only thing that a person needs to bless. And if he is feeling it within reason, a bad state, and if he sees that a friend is in an exalted state and he blesses for that, still within reason, so what he's actually saying in this paragraph is that that above reason is the the true gratitude is from the blessed is from the ability to go above reason. But it's only a possibility. Yes, if he succeeds. If not, then uh, like uh, what the friend said before, that he feels bad, he feels bad. There's no blessing. This is the opportunity for this question, because from Africa they're asking. This is actually the answer, I think. But what is the meaning of the statement that having a little grip in spirituality and how to overcome this small grip for us to be complete in complete adhesion with the Creator and spirituality. So the answer of uh, uh, Africa, I'm refining, what's the meaning in the article? What is a small grip on holding on to spirituality and how to overcome this so we'll be in complete adhesion in spirituality? By rising through seeing the friend in this way. The friend is making efforts, and he comes to adhesion with the Creator, and through his example, thanks to his example, I also cleave to that, I cling to that, I do the same. So what you're saying is that I can receive an example from him, but... In the article, I can't say thank you for what he received, according to the article. Nay, I can receive um, something from the friend that seems to me that's good. And do the same, and then give gratitude. But I'm giving thanks for myself, not for the friend. No, of course, also for the friend, because thanks to the friend, you came out of the state. 
So that goes back to the question of Yilad, uh, that usually, I'll read it from here, that usually a person speaks of what a person himself attained, and not that he is giving thanks for others. He's not giving thanks for others. He's giving thanks that it influenced him, and he can also come out. Usually when a person is in a descent and he sees the example of the friend, that he's in upliftment, it even more rejects him, repulses him. So there's a matter of prayer here, therefore, to the Creator, that he will be like that friend. And then it changes the situation. He can't immediately adhere because it rejects him, it repulses him. Again, when a person is in a descent and he sees that his friends are in an ascent and upliftment, it repulses him even more. And then there's a prayer to the creators for him to be like them. And that changes his state. He can't be adhered to the friends immediately. Let him try. Thank you. In our work, coming to prayer is always pray for the friend, to pray for... We see the state of the friends that are in all kinds of states, the saints... I don't know, uh, uh, lack of impressions, uh, incorporation. And this is okay, we can enter into a state of prayer. Now, prayer, if a person prays for himself, what prayer needs to be correct? What is the correct prayer if I, let's say, I want to pray for myself, for my state? What approach should there be there for it to be correct? And is there such a thing to pray for myself? First of all, gratitude for the Creator who awakened you. And then what do you want from that state? So that's the correct approach. Yes. Oh... <clears throat> Rav, there's an opposite state to this, where, let's say, I see the friends are so high up, and, and it's clear that they're in adhesion with the Creator. And I have gratitude for me being near them. And then I can move to the left and to ask for them for the, to be in adhesion, even though I see that they are uh, on the right in reason, and I can move to the left above reason. Is there such a situation? I don't think you're capable of that, no. It's as if I'm asking myself, but 
but through them. No, no, no. No. Ken. No. Thank you, Rav. He writes many times in the article here this concept of above reason. Can you explain to us what that is, above reason? Above the will to receive. He writes here that in many places and many times it's like our um, lifesaver, to, to be above reason, to, uh, his, above his desire. Yes. Can you explain how a Kabbalist uses this force of above reason? What exactly? Can you explain to us how you do that? No. Nope. I also don't think that it has an explanation. Rather, a person has to find it. How he raises himself above reason. How in our state can we come closer to above reason? What's the avenue to that direction? Or is it a gift from the Creator and that's it? No, there's a, a tendency for it. There are all kinds of efforts. I wish to rise above reason, meaning above my current nature. And I demand this, I, I ask for this. We do actions that can raise us above reason. Is this within the ten, with the friends? Is this what's drawing us? Yes, because that which I can't feel inside of me, but I feel is, it is in the ten. And for me to be drawn to those states is called above reason. And how does it happen that a person receives this reward by through efforts? He constantly wishes to raise himself more and more and more. Gradually, it influences him and he receives it. Thank you. Can a person himself awaken prayers of who and what? Can they be awakened from the, the side of... Can a person by himself? Can, can a person awaken questions of who and what? Can one awaken them from the side of... To, in order to discover the greatness from the side of can a person himself awaken the questions of who and what and yeah. can he awaken them from the side of the compelling of to do so 
in order to awaken the greatness of the Creator. Yes, he's capable of doing it here and there, but it's his questions, after all. So that's true questions. It's as if what he's asking is already coming from a, a result of having the answer already inside of him. It's not a true question. Let's try it. See that when you're asking, you have the answer in your pocket. He writes about the uh, arguments that he's asking the Creator to remove the, the arguments of the wicked so that they will repent. How to bring back the thoughts in, in repenting? What does that mean? To arrange them, first of all. To arrange these thoughts. Where do they come from? Why are they coming? Who is asking them? How can you, how can he answer them? Where do they come from? They have to be repent. They have to repent. Of course they come from above. All of our questions come to us from a degree higher than us, with the help of which we can rise, we can ascend. He also continues and writes that he asks the Creator that his thoughts will not die, but will rather repent. What does that mean? He doesn't want them, want them to disappear. He wants them to receive the correct answer by which he will ascend. Throughout the day, I have such thoughts in me that I don't want them to be there. And then I'm reminded that you tell us that they will repent, meaning I have to let them go through me somehow. Yes. And they don't stop. They're pecking at my mind. If they don't stop, uh, it's good. It's a sign that you are working on them, perhaps. Even though you're not willing to accept them. Okay, and that doesn't stop and it continues. And let, let it continue. Just get involved with them more. Uh, don't don't let them pass smoothly through you, but but get, um, you got to face them head on. Again, I'm not happy with that. I really am not. It's like it's continuing and continuing, and I want it to re- be ending already. It's like it's a somewhere to continue to some other things. I don't know, in the ten, because there are things that are living in me for so long already. If you wish to change them through the work in the ten, that is possible. You can try. Thank you. Guys, I... 
In every person there is the external and internal reason, like he writes here? Yes. The external reason is like you said right now, those thoughts that actually come from above. Yes. But what can be above reason that's actually the inner reason? You can say that. Okay, thank you. about our attitude towards the questions of the wicked two states one state is I was is to uh, blunt his teeth the other one is to work with them when should we blunt its teeth and when should we uh, work with them try try and see that is what is the experience okay I have a question a little bit about the article in general and also maybe the totality of the Rabash articles as well. It seems like every article is kind of like a complete system of many states, many thoughts, many intentions, also what stands before a person. it's like there's a process in every article a person goes through this process I'm trying to think how did Rabash want the readers of this article to learn his article because you can you can detain yourself on some detail or one concept or something like that or you can try to be washed with the whole process so there are many questions about that only maybe only you can answer who he wrote these articles what did he want to happen from these articles gather all those questions we'll take the third part of the article I'll say tomorrow and after that we'll talk about it oh 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 Oh, how many questions? Ken. No. Thank you, Rav. It's felt that in spirituality, a, a small grip can be something truly great according to the deficiency a person has. Where it's not a small grip, it's the smallest connection can truly cover everything. How is it that it's specifically that in spirituality that the smallest connection can cover all the deficiencies? In spirituality, spirituality, things are measured not according to how we measure them. We should get accustomed to it. Thank you. No. There are two questions from Mac 21 and Belarus. What is the prayer of the poor? And who is the poor person spiritually? And why does his prayer come from the depth of the heart? Poor is poor in his mind, in his reason. He's looking for the reason and and he he keeps searching for it until he finds it. So why is his prayer accepted? Because he's looking for um, the reason. Uh, 
מה אתה... או, יש לנו, אנחנו כבר עברנו. מה יש לנו עוד? יש לנו תלמוד עשר הספירות, ו... Bye. 